0: Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks Just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today Thank
1: you and indecent material.
0: This is The Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm gonna suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The
1: one, the only, Adam Sal.
0: I've got a mule, her name is Sal. Fifteen miles on the anal canal. She's a good old worker and a good old pal. Fifteen miles on the anal canal. Hi! I keep thinking about the anal canal because of last week's episode with Michael Alviar. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live. But this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, November 7th, 2020, right here at dnrstudios.com, the only place you can hear this podcast when it first airs. If you listen anywhere else, then for God's sake, leave us your ratings and reviews. It's been weeks since we've gotten a review, Ryan, and I am pissed. Not
2: acceptable listeners. On
0: whichever audio platform you use, like maybe 5% of all listeners have left reviews over the past four years. The Should rest of read, you, again? What? Should I leave a review? No, I don't want a second one. I want everyone to just leave one. Email me your questions, comments, and dick pics to adam at adamsank.com. Like our Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Get your official ass merch. There's so much merch to choose from. i literally wearing. I Ryan know. is wearing the adorable, if it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it, popsicle t-shirt. It's really comfortable. You can get that in a tank top, in a mask, on a mug, mm. even a turkey baster. Jock strap? Uh, no. Sadly, uh, jockstraps are hard to come but uh, personalized jockstraps are hard to come by. But the link for all of that merchandise is just adamsank.com. Our guest today is a really hilarious and kind of batshit crazy comedian who I've known forever. Her name's Christy Miller. It'll be her first time on the show. I think she'll be a lot of fun. But first, it's time for me to officially welcome my partner in crime, the prince of pigs, the man who only showers once a week, Ryan Frostig, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I'll have you know. Hello, everyone. I'll have you know I took a... 15-minute shower this morning. Mm. I had to think about that. That's longer than any shower I've ever taken.
0: How nice. Yeah. Here's audio of Extra Ryan clean. taking his shower this morning.
2: <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I <sighs> used the techniques <sighs>
0: um, that <laughs> Michael Alvear taught us. Yeah, in the shower. I had a great time. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, and also with us, as always, is uh, the person who makes this show run, the queen of fuckery, J.B. Bursi. Hello, hello, hello. J.B., I wish you would play applause for yourself, too. Oh. Because you deserve Woo! it, Ryan. It go is off,
3: yes, <laughs> work.
0: Once again, you guys, as we record this, we don't know who's going to win the election, but by the time so, this
3: airs- Oh my God, I can't.
0: The election will be over.
3: Oh. Either I will be severely depressed or really happy, so who knows? Oh my God. And even,
2: when next the, week. even when the election is over- It's not over. It's not
3: over, bitch. It's not
2: over until Inauguration Day. That's right. And- but but I Good will
0: luck. I will do some kind of crazy celebratory thing. Oh yeah! If it's clear that Biden has won, like I may run into the street naked.
2: Yeah. Well, if no matter what happens, the weather next week, uh, the week of of you know the first week of November mm-hmm. is supposed to be like pretty nice. So yeah. If we have to go to the, take to the streets to. You know, protest protest
0: or 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 celebrate, have sex with one another in the streets. It'll be nice. Nice. Um, Well, I just, I pray for peace and I pray for the restoration of democracy. That's lovely, Ryan. Thank you. That helps. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I want to start with a little bit of bookkeeping because uh, as I've mentioned in the past, I syndicate this podcast to Apple and other platforms through a website called Libsyn. Which stands for Liberated Syndicate, or something mm. I think. Anyway, I just learned a new tool on Libsyn that I didn't know existed. Um, Libsyn for your life. I, I've been <laughs> Libsynning for my life. So, first of all, I need to announce that since January first, just since January first, twenty twenty, we've had over sixty thousand downloads of this wow. podcast. Wow! Which means our listenership has gone up substantially. That's um, nice. But what I didn't know is that I can look at the country and break it down and see which cities um are listening the most oh my God. to the ass and which are listening the least. Hmm. So I've compiled hmm. a top 10 list here and um, number 1 is New York which duh, New York in some ways is is no surprise cuz <laughs> yeah. I live here. Yeah. But on the other hand, I don't I don't think of New Yorkers as being such audio people. Compared to other parts of the country because cars because and people and, drive everywhere. Yeah. And that's like most people I know who listen to this podcast, listen to it when they're driving. Mm,
2: yeah. Interesting. And we don't drive. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess they
0: do in New York state, Yeah, but in the city, like hardly anyone has a car, but New York by far, I mean, like, uh, let me put it this way. 60,000 since the year began, 10,000 in New York. Wow. So uh, and that's so that's like, uh, what is that? A sixth mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> The sixth of the, our entire
0: listenership is in New York City. Number two with about half as many listeners is Los Angeles.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the top three here are no surprise. I mean.
0: These are also very gay cities. Yeah. So number two <laughs> so is Los Angeles. Well. Number three is the San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose area. Mm-hmm. Do you know the way to, to San, San Jose? La, 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 la. You know la, they la, la. sample that in Rent. Really? Oh, yes. Do you know the, the way to, to Santa, Santa fe. fe? Yep. Number four, Seattle, Tacoma. Number five, I feel really guilty about, it's Philadelphia.
2: Why do you feel guilty? Because
0: I trash Philadelphia all the time on this show. Do you? Yeah, I'm always like, ugh, they're so trashy. And I make fun of their horrible accent. So I just want to say to people in Philly, I love these guys. (laughs) And... (laughs) Uh, you, I owe, I owe you guys no. a hoagie the next time I'm in Philly, Philadelphia.
2: If you're listening,
3: <laughs> pay that no mind. We're sorry. We
2: are Ignore, so sorry. delete, I'm, delete, say,
0: delete. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Uh, no, I love Philadelphia. Thank you for listening. I will try not to trash you West anymore. Philadelphia,
3: born, born and raised.
0: I don't know what that is.
2: Fresh was the better.
0: Uh, okay. Okay. Number six is Washington <laughs> D.C., our nation's capital. Number seven is uh, Ryan's alma mater, yes. Chicago. Chicago, ho. Number eight is Boston, and number nine is Dallas Fort Worth. I must tell you, Texas overall is one of our biggest um, listening. Uh, platform listening bases. So between Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, we have a yeah, lot of listeners in Texas. Texas. Everything's bigger, and that's true. Mm-hmm. I have never met a guy from Texas that didn't have a big dick. Amen. So congratulations. Uh, that was number nine. Number ten, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Hors. Uh I will say the uh, the the there is one state in the entire country. Where we have no listeners, not one download since January first, twenty twenty.
3: Is it? Is it a southern state? Nope. Oh shit! I'm surprised. No man. I saw that. I
0: saw. Oh, you saw it?
3: Yeah.
2: I
0: have a joke lined up. It's Wyoming. Why? (laughs) Why Wyoming? Why Ryan, Why, god, why, oh, so why <laughs> Wyoming? What shocks me about this is that Romaine is from Wyoming, yeah, and it, it's is is probably one of the most famous people to come out of Wyoming. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So they must have listeners, yeah. And a lot of my listeners started out as Derek as, and Romaine listeners and are still Derek and Romaine. So really, Wyoming, Wyoming, not one fucking listener. If you're listening, they're not listening. They're not listening. They're not listening. Do better.
2: Who's I'm that, really who's shocked, to Wyoming. <laughs> Who's next? Like, like what, what state is next? I, I oh, can't God. Picture the Utah. Map. Okay, so the listeners we have in those states, you got to let
3: your neighbors know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Utah, I've got listeners. So fuck you, Wyoming.
3: Drive out to Wyoming. Drive out to Wyoming. Tell yeah. these people to the to God that bless station. you, Philadelphia.
0: I mean, Wyoming's is very sparsely, but I mean, I have, we have listeners in Idaho. We have yeah. listeners. Yeah. Oh, by the way, tons more in North Dakota than South Dakota. Idaho, like, Utah, exponentially more in North Dakota. Wow. I don't know why that is. Um, and then outside of the United States, here are the top five countries. Canada, of course, number one. Mm-hmm. And I do love you, Canada. Uh, followed by the UK. Okay, now, you would, ex- UK. you would expect those two because they're English-speaking countries, and yeah, this is an English-speaking podcast. Sure, sure, but sure, sure, sure. number two and uh, three are Germany and France. Mm. Well,
3: I mean. Don't mean three and four?
0: I think I left one out. Canada's one. England is two. two, Yes, thank you. France and Germany are three and four, which means there's people in France and Germany that are listening to podcasts in English. And and have no... But you know, like... They might be expats. Yeah. But
2: also, like, I mean, you know this watching... um, Drag Race Race Holland. Holland. They love to go in and out They
0: are so bilingual. Yeah. They just flip back and forth between English and, and Dutch. And then in fifth place, which I thought should be third place, is Australia. Wow. So hello to all my listeners, to all of our listeners in, uh, in those places. Can I just say something? Please. So we've, oh, how long have we been doing this podcast? Three
2: years? I've been doing it for four years. Wow. I never listened to podcasts before doing this podcast. Mm. And even after I started doing it, it took me a long time to actually listen. But it's interesting because you, you were talking about like New Yorkers and how we, we don't listen to like we're not audio people, but right. like I am such an audio person when it comes to like the subway or just even walking about, but it's usually like I always thought I needed to hear music. The idea of like voices in my head was like a little too much considering I'm already like, you know, all crazy. But <laughs> um but I actually find it really soothing to hear like so I think that I think that um People are becoming more uh, interested in in hearing. Like, We're definitely podcasts. in the
0: age of podcasts. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Joe Rogan and and those top podcasts, Adam Carolla, they get way more listeners than the top network television shows. Yeah, network TV can only dream of the audience that those two have. And by the way, our podcast is better than either Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla. I, I'm I'm happy to put up our podcast against Dang. those any day of the week. So tell your friends. Okay, um, speaking of far-off places in the United States, Anchorage, Alaska, now has its first lesbian mayor. Ooh, Yas Queen. She wasn't elected. She's also got a fabulous name. She's got kind of a drag queen name. Her name is Austin Quinn Davidson. Oh, I love it. Austin Quinn Davidson. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Austin Quinn Davidson. She is the acting mayor now of Anchorage because the former mayor, a guy named Ethan Berkowitz, resigned uh, in a sex scandal. Ooh. The 40-year-old Quinn Davidson is an attorney who was first elected to the Anchorage Assembly in 2018, she will be the first woman and the first openly gay person to serve as mayor or acting mayor of the city of Anchorage. Um, The city's charter states that the chair of its assembly will serve as acting mayor during a vacancy. Berkowitz resigned after admitting having an inappropriate relationship with a female reporter Mm. three days after she made online allegations against him. So I think uh, he basically fucked this chick and then dumped her. And she was like, not on today. <laughs> she not today. And so she went mm-hmm. after him. And, of course, he's married. And so it was a whole scandal. A scandalo. Um so, yeah. So that's exciting. And Anchorage is, uh, is a conservative place. Alaska is a Republican state. They're not known for for being progressive. So this can only help as far as, uh, you know, making them more LGBTQ friendly to have uh, a mayor who is openly lesbianic.
3: Not to throw shade our Alaskan listeners, but ever since I watched the movie 30 Days a Night, I always thought Alaska was just one of those places we forgot about. And no one really cares.
0: We do forget about Alaska <laughs> a lot on the mainland. Uh, and Hawaii, too, for that matter.
3: I remember Hawaii. It's where all the nice beaches and beautiful meadow. They're
0: both lovely. Um, and it, by the way, if you are in Alaska or Hawaii listening to this podcast, drop me a line. At yeah. Adam at com. We'd love to hear from you and how you discovered us and how things are going in your various uh, tropical and frozen paradises. Yeah, I'd awesome. love to go to Alaska. I always hear amazing things about it. George In other news... <clears throat> I kind of missed this, but back in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. is that how you say mm-hmm. her name? The mm-hmm. Wonder Woman actress, yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful Israeli actress. Yeah. She put together a star-studded Instagram video. Did mm-hmm. you know about this, right? I Ray? did know about this. Where celebrities sing um, Imagine by John Lennon. She wanted to like lift people's spirits and she just thought it would be a nice thing to do. And apparently there was tremendous backlash against this. The internet hated it. It included uh, gal herself, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, Mark Ruffalo, Amy Adams, Natalie Portman, Jamie Dorn, Zoe Kravitz, James Marsden, Will Farrell, Sarah Silverman, and others. Um, and... Th- People on the internet were just like, this is bullshit. We don't fucking care about these celebrities. And yeah, it's so easy for them. What about us? And da, 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 da. I think this is one of these sort of misplaced anger things. Like, mm-hmm. I understand it doesn't really help anyone to have celebrities singing Imagine, but it's not harmful. What, you, what are your thoughts, Ryan? I,
2: I don't want to even share my thoughts because it's going to end up how it did with the George Takai thing.
0: Which, by the way, people agreed with me on that.
2: Okay. Well, that's good for them. I think it's completely <laughs> toned down. is how you say it. <laughs> <that>. So dumb. <laughs> It's not what we need. It's a it's a nice gesture, but those celebrities could be doing so many
3: other things. And I just like think what, what donating their doing? money to what to if causes. They did like you don't know cool. about that. exactly. Like, what if, like this is if you like the beginning of the video said this is just for entertainment value. It's just but like, it's not know,
2: entertaining. It's but, been done. It's like it's. I'm just. I'm so. I'm so over this like phony. It's just. It's 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 bullshit.
0: Well. So the reason why it's in the news now, again, why I heard about it, is because Sarah Silverman, who was one of the people in the video, um, came out and spoke about it. She talked to Andy Cohen about like how she also thought it was so cringe-inducing, but she agreed to it because Kristen Wiig asked her to, and she's like, how do you say no to Kristen Wiig? So first I want you to hear a little bit of the video itself. Now the first person you're going to hear singing is Gal Gadot herself, um, also, you're going to hear Kristen Wiig, and then you're going to hear an incredible man's voice, a gorgeous, professionally trained voice, and it's James Marsden. Like, mm-hmm. who knew that James Marsden, in addition to being the hottest man on earth, can sing? Wasn't he can an sing? Intended? Was he? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, and then the last person you're going to hear is Sarah Silverman, and as you hear, she tried to make hers funny. So take a listen.
3: Uh, and it it goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven.
0: It's easy if you try. White. No hell us. No is-
1: above us on this sky.
0: Now listen to James. Imagine
1: all the
2: people living for today.
0: You hear <laughs> So she she took that it to a, a little funny that place. Funny. but um But everyone was trashed, especially Gal Gadot for doing this. Um, Gadot, Gadot, fuck do you say her <laughs> Gadot, name? Gadot, Gadot,
2: Gadot, Gadot,
0: Whatever her name is, she opened up about the misstep uh, to Vanity Fair. She offered no apologies for the musical montage. She said, quote, there is something I've learned to say, which is I don't disagree with you, but. So basically, I'm disagreeing with you. I just came to the conclusion. I do me, you do you. I'd rather have you not liking me at this moment than not saying my truth. Meanwhile, here's what Sarah Silverman told Andy Cohen about getting roped into this.
3: The one who contacted me, which I think Gal asked her to like, you know, and Kristen Wiig is the shit, you know? So, but yeah. like she, so she emailed me and she goes, well, we're all going to sing Imagine. And I wrote her back and I go, Imagine really? And then I go, is it for <laughs> a thing? Is it, what's the call to action? And she, and she, and she's so sweet, you know, I mean, she's so funny. She's also so sweet. And she goes, I don't, it's just to like cheer people up. And then I couldn't say no because one, it was the beginning of quarantine. Like there's no saying no to anyone because you can't, there's no excuse. Well, yeah.
0: You're no. not doing anything. It's
2: a choice. Also, if you're like saying worst, no, it's like,
3: you know, sorry, go Are ahead. You gonna say yeah. No to Kristen with Like, Never'
2: She's so lovely and so cool, you know: so, There you go. What's the call? To action? What's the call?: to There action? is none. There
3: is none. right.
2: Well, if, it's it, just It had sung "Imagine"
0: and said, "Please donate yes. to food banks." That's you. what was missing. You're right. Thank you. You're right.
3: Right. But there's been tons of tons of shit on' dumb that you have supported that many people have supported that led to nothing.: Sure, nothing. I, I'm tired of having the same conversation with you three about Shade. useless <laughs> stupid shit. That we, we can we just agree that this is we, this is pointless. It was just make people happy. If you're not happy, fucking move on. Yeah, don't talk about it. I, move on. I agree. Day. I agree. I agree. I yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Glad we have this conversation. Yep. <laughs> I was trying to clap for you, JB, but you had the, the soundboard turned off. Yeah, I get it. Um, here's the thing. Okay, this is how we're. This is how we'll button <laughs> wow. it up. This is how we'll button it up. It needed a call to action. It yes. didn't have one. And if it didn't have a call to action. It wasn't funny or clever or engaging enough to, to have a reason to exist. I think right. that's the problem. If it had been, if it hadn't raised any money, but had been super clever or funny or just like so beautiful, I think it would have meant something. The problem was, it was just kind of like, what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah, and maybe
2: if they had gotten some like first responders to sing, or mm. some like, if it had been more of like a com, a, a larger community and less of like we are a group of celebrities we're
0: famous people we're
2: famous people and we're we're gonna make you feel better it's just yeah, it's. I, I understand. I'm not trying to sound like I'm this bitter, like angry woke millennial because I'm not. You're a bitter,
0: angry woke millennial. <laughs> but
2: it, but it does feel like we are. Th- th- this thing might have worked in 2014, but we just live in different times. And 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 to do something that's so tone deaf like this, it's just like we know better. We I just know better. Keep
0: thinking about James Marsden singing to me. Oh, he sounds great while he's inside. Who was the of one me? before him? Uh, I don't I didn't recognize uh, the, a couple of those. Yeah. He had a nice voice too. Yeah. Okay, meanwhile, speaking of celebrities under attack, Ellen uh, has a dubious distinction among celebrities in 2020. She is the celebrity who lost the most followers. Oh my god. Uh, this is according to get gamblingdeals.com, which assessed uh, stats from something called Social Blade. I think that's, that, like, is an aggregate of all social media. DeGeneres takes the biggest uh, loss. Of, she lost over 545,000 followers on Instagram and over 612,000 followers on Twitter. That's a lot. That's a lot. And this isn't just like, oh, I lost followers. I'm not as famous anymore. Experts estimate that this is a potential loss of, like, $3 million. Whoa. Uh, wait, I have that wrong of three thousand <laughs> This is in pounds. This was a cocktails and cock talk story. So they say 1706 pounds per sponsored post. I'm imagining that's about $3,000 a post. So $3,000 a post is a, a, however many posts you do uh, that can really add up. Ellen has suffered an avalanche of bad press this year, which is uh, to inexplicably um, to blame for what's well, not inexplicable. Mm-hmm. We know why. Mm-hmm. Uh makeup guru Jeffrey Starr was second in line.
2: Yes. Oh my God.
0: Uh for loss of Twitter and Instagram followers. Uh with four hundred and eighty-seven thousand. Starr was embroiled in a number of dramas, including allegedly renting his hot boyfriend. <laughs> Jeffrey Star? As well as sexual misconduct. Oh my god. Uh and then in third place is the person who should be in first place, JK Rowling. Oh. God. This bitch, who proved to be like really violently transphobic, yeah. lost 350,826 Twitter followers. Cocktails and Cock Talk says that witch doesn't even use Instagram. <laughs> At least Ellen did some good for our community before everyone realized she's a mean girl. Rowling has persistently expressed her views against trans people living with basic human rights. So um, there you go. It's been a tough year for Ellen. I didn't know who Jeffree Star was until he became infamous and oh, yeah. for J.K. Rowling. Meanwhile, uh, here's another Cocktails and Cock Talk story. Hit the bumper, JB. And now, time for another stupid story from Cocktails and Cocktail. CockTalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. I thought you two and our listeners would enjoy a list of the 10 most searched. We love a list. Because we love a list. (laughs) We love a list. And we love love cock. We do. So this is a list of the 10 most searched nude male celebrities on Twitter. Why Twitter? I'm not sure. Um, This is ranked by, you know, Cocktails and Cock Talk has a partnership with Mr. Man, Mm. which is the the male version of Mr. Skin. Mm. Mr. Skin is a website where horny straight guys can like look up, video and pictures of their favorite women celebrities naked. Yeah. Mr. Man is the male counterpart of that. So anyway, according to Mr. Man, these are the top 10 in reverse order. Number 10 is someone I don't really know. Okay. Cause I don't watch uh, Spider-Man movies, but Tom Holland.
2: Oh yes. Yeah. I'm having a hard time remembering what he looks like. Uh,
0: they describe him as an American twunk mm-hmm. who showed off all his hard work at the gym in two Spider-Man movies. They say to watch out for his sticky web.
2: Um, side note, uh, it is Halloween. Um, we're recording this on Halloween. Uh, that is the most popular costume. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this hot piece of this. Is miss. Twunk? No, is Spider-Man. Oh. Spider-Man is having, because it's a covered mask. I'd rather thing. see people
0: dress up as Twunks. <laughs> well,
2: the Twunks are dressing up as Spider-Man.
0: Uh, number nine kind of surprised me. I think he's sexy, but I didn't know other people did. Adam Driver.
2: Ugh. Mm.
0: Ugh. Uh, Adam Driver was frequently nude on HBO's hit show, Girls, although I don't think they ever showed his penis.
2: Mm, No. He had a
0: masturbation scene, but his penis was just off camera. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to see his cock. I imagine it's huge. Yeah. And I do think he's very sexy in a strange way. Number eight, I've never heard of, and I apologize because I'm going to mispronounce his name. It's Yahya Abdul Mateen II. He was in the Watchmen series. Okay and he apparently has a dick that can only be described as smurf-tastic because his character has blue skin. Oh So yeah. it says he exposed his blue coke can penis Ooh. in Watchmen and that it will leave you smurfsty. Yes. Number 7 is someone I really have no interest in seeing naked, but I guess if you're really into twinks, uh Timothy Chalamet. Oh my god. <laughs> Anytime I think of him, I think of uh, fucking a peach. No, what's her face from SNL? Oh, Chloe, Chloe, <laughs> Feynman, she do- <laughs> she does. Timothy, the Call Me by Your Name star, exposed his tight twink butt and had many passionate gay scenes with Army Hammer. Uh, Mr. Man has a, a cum shot of Timothy Chalamet, but I think it's simulated from that movie. Number six, someone I've never heard of. I believe this is a French actor, Michel Morone. Hmm. There was apparently a viral Netflix movie called 365 Days, which introduced the world to Michel Macron's gorgeous daddy bod, as well as his cock during a shower scene. So my French listeners, um, here's one of your countrymen, although he could be Quebecois. Who the fuck knows? Mm. Number five is someone I, again, I don't, I I guess I'm not interested in seeing twinks naked. Daniel Radcliffe.
2: Well, uh, he's been naked on the Broadway. Right? Mm-hmm. In Equus? On
0: the Broadway.
2: The Broadway. Yeah. Uh,
0: he was naked in Equus. Um, he also has more nude scenes than people realize. Yes, he does. In the movie Kill Your Darlings, he shows off his hairy ass. Mm. They spell Harry H-A-R-R-Y, so I don't know if it's actually Harry. That's a Harry Potter joke. sure, sure. sure. While bottoming during some very hot gay sex. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Uh. Here's audio from that uh. movie. Uh. Number four is someone who's I do think is very hot, and I have seen his penis in movies, Tom Hardy.
2: Oh, yeah. He has
0: shown his uncut dick in four different uh, roles, Hmm. including a movie called Coldits. Number three, so hot, Um, Henry Cavill. uh, Superman. He has uh, what they call a surprisingly smooth ass, which was shown on the series The Tudors. Oh, yes. And uh, according to Cocktails and Cock Talk, there's nothing Smallville about those cheeks. Wow. Uh, Number two is someone I would love to see his cock. I'd love to see it. I'd love to sniff it. I'd love to have it in my mouth. Zac Efron, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. He has gone nude many times on camera, um, and apparently in one of the Jackass movies, Dirty Grandpa, he accidentally flashes his penis and balls. I have not seen it. Mm. I will be searching for it, yeah. and the number one most searched gay and not gay, the most number one searched male celebrity on Twitter, according to Mister Man, is Nick Jonas.
2: Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Uh, Cocktails and Cocktalk says that when it comes to film, he has a gay past that Priyanka might not be too happy about. Oh. Nick once stripped down for a gay three-way on the series Kingdom. Plus, you can see his hairy butt on the Mister Man website. Oh
2: my god!
0: I picture him as having a smooth butt. So there you go. There you go. Those are the top ten most searched. Uh, Next up is a story that I've I've been trying to do this story for about two months, and it's always the last story that we do, so we never get to it. (laughs) Great. Uh, It's very strange. Apparently, there's this high tech chastity belt for men that you can buy if you're into these sort of things. Uh, your, your partner locks you into this. Mm-hmm. It locks your penis in so that you can't touch it or use it. Um, and your partner is the one who controls it. It's an electronic chastity belt that's uh, with remote control. However, um, it has been discovered that there is a programming flaw in the design of the technology that lets hackers remotely uh, hack into the chastity belt and lock your penis in without your consent and there's no manual override uh the name of the product i think it's pronounced it's pronounced kiwi it's spelled q-i-u-i kiwi's cellmate male chastity sex toy Um, the app flaw also lets intruders collect private messages plain text passwords and location info without the need for authentication um, the company was initially responsive and ultimately fixed the majority of issues, but it missed three self-imposed deadlines and ultimately went quiet. That's when this uh, independent research company went, came forward and said, listen, be careful with this. It's vulnerable to hackers. I can't believe there's enough people using this device that hackers would even be interested in it. But more importantly, are either of you the least bit turned on by the idea of a male chastity belt? No.
3: No, give me a vibrating butt plug. Like the f- yeah. If, if, if we're gonna do toys, do me the vibrating, do me the vibrating butt plug thing. Control with the button. Put it on. Or 10. someone else controls
0: yeah. when it goes off let's in your butt.
3: Let's see what happens.
0: I um, even that doesn't do anything for me. But really, the idea of having my dick locked down or locking down someone else's dick.
2: Yeah, I it's saw just it so
0: not a thing for me.
2: Earlier this year, I saw a one for the first time what? in real life where uh somewhere <laughs>
0: somewhere
2: somewhere um and i just no it just i mean whatever whatever makes you feel good makes whatever makes you feel sexy go off but for me it 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 looks so uncomfortable so painful mm. so just restricting i want my dick to be like ow free Living, doing the damn thing, At, not,
0: not hitting. Ass in, open
2: to the wind, stick it in. Here I am.
0: Yep. I want my ass open to the wind. I want my, my dick, dick open, open to the wind. The wind. Yes. My balls. But I, whatever. People, no, to each yeah. his own. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not judging. I, I'm i really into verbal. Mm. I'm really into role play. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, I like a nice spanking. Mm. But any kind of restraint. Yeah. Does nothing for me. Yeah. I don't wanna be tied up. I don't wanna tie someone else up. I certainly don't want my dick tied up. Um, As a black
3: man, I'm tied in, tied out. So, what do you think I want in my sex life?
0: <laughs> exactly. But you know what, JB, a lot of black guys are into this. I know. Because it's taboo. Yeah. Well, security problems are, uh, uh, this is an issue for all kinds of sex toys that are remote, uh, that are controlled remotely, and also include sensitive info. Plus, they, they sometimes give hackers an opportunity to do physical harm. Imagine a toy that tightens. Yeah. And some Russian hacker is Goes just in and- tightening its grip on your balls. So be careful out there, guys. And, uh, yeah. you know, maybe develop a hobby.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why don't you just not do the thing you're doing? Maybe like take up else.
0: needlepoint. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, West Hollywood uh, City Council has voted to develop. The idea of a drag laureate Mm -hmm. Now you all know what a poet laureate is Although I had to explain it to Ryan Shut up I (laughs) I just needed a refresher This would be the first city that had a drag laureate Who would serve as kind of an ambassador To the very gay city of West Hollywood This was co-sponsored by councilwoman Laura Meister And gay, gay city councilman John Duran No relation to Duran Duran Council members voted last week five to zero in favor of the idea. Now, they're not actually doing this yet. They voted to basically develop a, a program where they would have a drag laureate. So they have not mentioned who would be the drag laureate whether or how long each drag laureate's Term would be, but I asked our RuPaul's Drag Race Ryan Frostig, RuPaul's Drag Race expert Ryan Frostig, if he could come up with a few names of Los Angeles queens who would be the ideal drag laureate.
2: Okay, so off the top of my head, I'm thinking Chad Michaels. Although he lives
0: in San Diego.
2: Oh, he doesn't live in LA?
0: Mm. He did at one point. He may now, but when I lived in San Diego, he was was a permanent.
2: Raja has -hmm. lived in LA for a while. Willem, uh, Delta Work. Um, Vicky Vox. Uh there's I know there's a drag queen uh, uh Dolly Levi. Um and she's like she's like an old school, like she's been around forever. So so her, um yeah, that's about it. I mean when I when I think of like LA drag, I, I do think of like Raja and Willem and like those kind of like you know, edgy, like cool LA girls.
0: We should mention that Honey Davenport. Lives most of the time in Los Angeles when well, she's not yeah, on the road. Now
2: she does. Good okay. friend of the show, and that's the that's. The other but thing she's more of that, she's known as a New as York a New York queen. queen, and that's the the other thing. When I was listing those names, it's not just because they were on Drag Race. Those queens were working in West Hollywood way before Drag Race existed.
0: That's important. So
2: I would think about the, the the veteran queens and not the queens who were on Drag Race. And then moved to L.A.
0: West Hollywood has more than a dozen LGBTQ venues with drag being very popular. at Many of them. Uh, The restaurant chain Hamburger Mary's is particularly known for its drag entertainment. See, I can't believe there's not one in New York. In San Diego, they had a Hamburger Mary's and then it changed ownership and became Urban Moe's. And that's where Chad Michaels had her show every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, So that's where I first saw Chad Michaels. Um, following yesterday's vote, Councilman John Duran said drag is synonymous with West Hollywood and it has been for the past 100 years. Chicago gangster Mickey Cohen set up the first drag club on the Sunset Strip in the 1930s. Little did he know that he was helping give birth to the LGBTQ community's presence in West Hollywood.
2: By the way, mm-hmm. I feel like we probably did the story at one point. But there is a uh, drag queen named Maybe a Girl. (laughs) And she is the first drag queen ever to be elected to public office. And she is a neighborhood councilwoman for Silver Lake.
0: I do remember the story, but I don't know why I don't remember that name. Maybe 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 a Girl.
2: Spelled M-A-E-B-E, A A period, girl. (laughs) Um, So, like, she's kind Uh. of... I mean, I, I guess a laureate doesn't have to be a political thing, right? But she's someone that's a pro, like she's kind of like. Right, it's not there.
0: a po- it's not a political position. It's more of like you represent West Hollywood at official events. It's kind of like being Miss Miss West Hollywood.
2: Yeah, so okay, that yeah, I, I definitely think like Raja Raja. By or the Raja way,
0: Willem. I thought of a great drag queen name last night. Oh, um, okay, so you know Corpus Christi? Yes. So for a really large drag queen from Texas. Porpoise Christie.
2: (laughs) I also have to say, side note, side note. JB's laughing. Side note. Adam helped me create my Halloween costume name, and it's one of the best drag names I think I've ever heard a Manziel.
0: Yeah. Right, instead of I Manziel. <laughs> a
2: Manziel. That is so good. You're welcome. I do
0: need a Look out Manziel. for my
2: social media for pics.
0: Well, speaking of drag queens, yes. our guest today is often mistaken as one. Uh, she is a comedian, podcast host, fitness trainer, and former roller derby queen, for real. She's appeared on SiriusXM, Fox Sportsnet's Best Damn Sports Show, period, and BET's Comic Mania. And in movies like Strange Days and Nixon, here's a taste... Of the balls to the wall stylings of Christy Miller talking about why she loves young dick. Take a listen.
1: You you could sit there, these ladies could sit there, I could sit there and think and turn your back to the dude the whole night and think, you know what? I want to sit on his dick after the show. (laughs) (laughs) And those young dicks are like Flipper the dolphin, you know? They hear shit through vibration through the water. (laughs) That sonar hearing. Rips the zip
0: rope like the Kool-Aid man going, oh yeah, bitch! Suck <laughs> me And joining us all the way from New York City, please give a warm <laughs> ass welcome to Christy Miller. <laughs> Hello. Hey Christy. <laughs> Christy, it's your Thank first you. time on the ass.
1: I know. I'm so honored to be on your ass. <laughs>
0: And I love and miss you so much. Christy was always one of my favorite headliners when I had the show at Therapy. And you you, you are a, a you are a cisgender woman, but you are very much a drag queen, too.
1: Oh, I'm probably the biggest drag queen on the planet. I'm sorry. And, and you know what I just heard? Because I also, I do hot mics. It's an app. They do sports and broadcasting. Yes. But I've been broadcasting RuPaul's Drag Race since the pandemic hit. So I'm like, well, it is a sport, and they do have balls, but just not in the general way that you would normally use them. And I heard that they're even talking about letting women audition for drag races. You know, my big fat ass is going to be up and out. It this. It should so be. Fast. Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, you know, first Drag Race was very much just for, for cisgender male drag queens. And then, right. uh, you know, RuPaul was kind of forced into accepting trans women. And the next logical step is cisgender women because drag isn't about your your biological or or sex or identity—it's—it's it's about uh, the character you create, and you—you ha- you are yeah. a character on stage.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> definitely a character on stage. Yeah, and it's like thanks to RuPaul. I mean, what Drag Race has taken it from this underground thing, you know, back in the old days. You know, because I'm 50, so I remember the old days, and I grew As up in do San I. Francisco. Right. So I grew up in San Francisco. And drag was always this underground thing, and, ooh, it was creepy and dark, and, you know, the, ooh, that was like a big taboo, and, but, like, the, the, the impersonators weren't even called drag queens, they were called female impersonators, Yep. and they would have to, they would literally impersonate, like, an actual, like, famous actress or a famous singer, some kind of famous female persona, and it was never, like, their own character until, like, the likes of, like, Lady Bunny and a few others that, like, came out that actually created their own personas and started taking it to a different level. But it was like, you know, back then it was so taboo, and now it's just so mainstream, and it's so normal, and it's actually like an art form-like stand-up comedy. Yes. Like it's an actual art form.
0: Christy, you've Which had fantastic. You've had one of the strangest careers of anyone I know because you're... Yes. you're <laughs> you would agree. Cause, because you're a white... You're like a white heavy metal rocker chick, and yet Paul mm-hmm. Mooney took you under his wing, kind of made you his protege and toured with, uh, took you, took you touring with him across the country. How do you describe your appeal to a comedian like Paul Mooney and, and, and to African-American audiences when you're like this, you know, sort of Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, rock and roll white chick? Uh, It was, uh,
1: it was like Pat Benatar, you know, Joan Jett with a little dab of N.W.A. Yeah, what I, And what. Uh, and but Mooney took a liking to me instantly, like right when I started. Like I think I still had, you know, placenta around the ears when I started. And Mooney, <laughs> and I met Mooney, and I was just this infant, you know, in comedy. And, and he took me under his wing. But he goes, "Homie, you're so real," and that's what he loved about me. He's like, "You're just so you. You're you're unexplainably, unapologetically you." And he goes, "That's what he fell in love with." I took me under his wing. Cause he did that with Sandra Bernhardt. He did that with, uh, you know, Eddie, Ver- he did that with everybody. With like Shirley Hensel from what's happening. Mm-hmm. He found her on a bus stop and met her at a bus stop. And he made her, she made him laugh so hard that he helped her get the comedy store and helped her career. Um, uh, and, uh, he goes, you're just so real, and my audiences just love you because you just have, there, there's no apologies up there. He goes, you have such a freedom up there. You say whatever the fuck you want. I'm oh, sorry, I don't know if I can cuss. I'm sorry. You can swear as much as
0: you want on this show. We're filthy.
1: Yes! <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it was just like, he's like, my audiences love you because you're just so real. And it, you, you get away with murder up there. But he also gave me the freedom to get away with murder and to really explore and take my character to a whole nother level that I probably normally wouldn't have been able to in any other room or opening for anybody else.
0: Yeah. In some ways, I see I've always seen you as like a female Andrew Dice Clay uh, yes. in that you're, yes. you're not afraid to offend people. You're not afraid to piss people off mm-hmm. and to and to, no. in some ways you're you're kind of dangerous up there.
1: Yes. Um which I do open for Ander Dice Clay now back again. It's been a long time. Wow. We into each other last summer. Yeah. So we, I went on the road with him last September and I was going to go on the road with him again this year. And you know, cause Eleanor Kerrigan is his normal opener, his ex-fiance, but she's been doing other things and he's been, and he calls me. He's like, you know, I, I need you for a show. So I would open for Dice. Now here, people go, how does your act translate from Paul Mooney's rooms? who are very militant Mooney fans, hardcore Mooney, to hardcore Dice fans. That's what I'm asking. Dice, Dice. But if you think about it, on a, like a psychological, like if you break it down, they're both, you know, very um, extreme. One's extreme this way and one's extreme the other way. You know, so, but I think that extremism, because I'm so extreme, it translates in both rooms. They ate, they, I, crushed it with dice and so i'm gonna work with him you know once we can go back and go you know back to doing stuff again like you know humans in another year then i can go back on the road with him again
0: what's he like to um, work with like personally because in in the 80s especially he had a terrible reputation he was like the bad boy of comedy and you know having fights and temper tantrums and getting thrown out of places What what is he like on a human level when he's not on stage
1: He's the kindest, most generous, gentle, loving human being I've ever met. And him and Mooney are like the same persona, like the Mm -hmm. same personality types. They would give you the shirt off their back. They will do anything for you. And something. Yeah, and Dice is probably the kindest, most generous human being. And he's like, I have everything. So why not help people I love? Who cares? I'm good. He goes, what's it going to hurt me if I help people? And he's helped a lot of people.
0: And he's really undergone a career transition over the past decade. He's become a very serious actor uh, and a well-regarded actor. He was wonderful in A Star is Born as Lady Gaga's father. He was terrific in that Woody Allen movie, Blue Jasmine. I mean, no one could have predicted this. Phenomenal. Christy, I don't think I I even know how you got your start in stand-up. When did you start and, and how did you get started?
1: Um, it's it's a funny question because like when I was a kid, like all of us, you listened to comedy records. You watched like when Showtime and HBO came out. Like Showtime came out first, and they had the Showtime specials. Remember that? And they mm-hmm. had oh Law yeah, or here and now. Latin I watched poster, all of them. And, right, right. We were addicted. We sat in front of the TV and just glued ourselves to it, memorized it, and then we would act it out at school or whatever. I listened to a comedy albums. And I would just immerse myself in it as a little kid. And then, like, comedy shows started coming up, like, Evening at the Improv came up in the early 80s. Um, In Showtime in the late 70s, when I was a little kid, they had the San Francisco Big Laugh-Off. And it was like a comedy contest. And all these comics that would get on there and go, and then they get voted into the next round. It was like the first, last comic standing. But it wasn't like living in a house and dealing with all that drama and stuff. It was just comics. The special was like once a week or whatever it was, once a month. And the comics would be four or five comics that go up, and whoever killed it won that round, and they go to the semifinals and then to the finals. Well, I was watching as a little kid, and the finals were on, and it was the Reverend George Wallace, legend. Yeah. And I'm honored to call him a friend. uh, Marshall Warfield.
0: Mm, From Night Court.
1: Yeah, like the queen. And another guy named Ollie Joe Prater, who's no longer with us, he died. And uh, uh, Johnny Dark. And then there was a host, and I can't remember the host. Um, But they all went up, and Ollie Joe Prater won. Was it Ollie Joe? No, he came in second because Marshall Warfield won. I can't remember. I'm just a kid. But I remember seeing Marshall Warfield and seeing the Reverend George Wallace and Ollie Joe Prater, and I was like, I really... Have to do this. Like, I need to do what? Is I like eight years old, seven years old? And I'm like, I need to ruin my life with stand up. So, as I got older, you know, it was always funny. You know, you're probably the same way in school make your friends laugh. You're the clown and, you know, goof with your friends, go up, you know, go to hang out with my queens, talk shit, have a laugh. I moved to Los Angeles just to get out of the bay. And I'm living my roommate at the time was my best friend at the time, Kira, and she we were working on Strange Days and we worked on that for a few months. And we get done and she's like, you know what? If you don't go do stand up, I'm going to kill you. I was having everybody cracking up on set. You know, I was, you know, I had a whole crowd, you know, you have a captive audience on set. So they have they have no choice but to listen to you. And it's you were how old at like this point? Twenty Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, "All right, you know what?" And I was scared, but I wanted to. And she goes, "If you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. So I'm just straight up going to kill you." So I went and said, "You know what?" I was living in, uh, in Hollywood, and I said, "You know what? Let me go to the comedy store. Let me apply for a job as a waitress. And if I get a job as a waitress, that means I'm supposed to be in that building, and that's how I'm going to learn about stand up and how to start so and learn to start and have a stage to start." So I walk in the door. And in the door, there was the the day manager at the time. His name was Dave Shuler, a big old bear, honey. She was on the board of directors of the L.A. Bears. So, you know, her and I just clicked. Yes. And we sat there for three and a half hours laughing, drinking coffee and soda, telling stories, just joking around, talking about different comedians. And I had the job within 10 minutes, but we just stayed there talking the whole day. So I was like, I knew I was supposed to be there when I walked in. I felt it. the building went, ah, oh, you're home.
0: It's so smart. Went, wow. It's such a smart plan to get a, a job, you know, working every every night at a at a comedy club if you know that your ultimate goal is to get on stage. Because it really is kind of like having an apprenticeship, and it also yeah. gets you in with the club. By the time you do get up on stage, the club knows you, they love you, you know, they're comfortable with you, and they're way more likely to give you an opportunity than just some schmucko walking through the door.
1: Yeah, and... You are rubbing elbows with the top comics in the country. Yes, you know every night it's Mooney, and that's how I met Paul Mooney. When I was younger, I was like, you know, I had to be like, you know, I remember this. I was still at my mom's house. I was a teenager, and Geraldo was on, and they were talking about censorship. Remember that whole thing came out, all the censorship things you couldn't say and record albums. Yeah, they were they were
0: Tipper Gore was trying to censor uh, albums.
1: Yes, yes. And they were talking about that. And Mooney was on the panel because he's known to be controversial yes. and push the boundaries and stuff. So Mooney was on the panel and I saw him and I went, oh my God, I'm going to know this man one day. I was like 16.
0: You really set your sights said, on these specific people in the industry and you made yeah. you made and your like, dreams come true. Uh, Christy, yeah. I, I want to, uh, because we're, we only have about uh, 10 minutes left here. Uh, Whenever I would have you on stage at therapy, uh, you know the gay boys loved you always. And one of the Uh, things you did is you did a tremendous share impersonation. (laughs) Do you still do share in your act?
1: Oh yeah, I actually just did a video of her uh, from. Remember when she just last weekend she did the rally? Oh, shares a stage for Biden. Shares how I got on. Yeah. So give. Did you see the video?
0: I haven't, but hit us hit us now if you would with a little bit of share.
1: Okay. Hey everybody! Woo! This is Cher, and um, I'm here to tell you that I'm riding with badilla. Woo! Hey, will you get this big fat orange fuck out of office already, so I can stop using that damn emoji on Twitter? Woo! Huh. Huh. Very
0: good. It helps if you look. It helps if you see Christy because Christy looks like she could be Cher's sister.
1: Yeah, I used to get before. I did the Much younger, about six, sister. Uh, about six months. And, <laughs> <laughs> I did the video last weekend when she did that rally in Vegas for him. And then her and Bon Jovi and a bunch of others did a concert the next day. And she sang that song, you know, good old Joe, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, uh,
0: You've really got her so vibrato they- down, Pat. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe. She's, <laughs> She's my first joke I ever wrote on stage. He was how I got myself on stage. How did like the joke go? Share. Oh, it was, and it used to get like huge. Like, it was like, my, I'm like, why am I opening with this? I need to close with this. Right. Get, one night at the comedy store, I got a standing ovation. I'm like, I didn't even say anything yet. You know, <laughs> what the fuck? And I would go up, uh, Jeff Scott would play the, the the karaoke song for If I Could Turn Back Time. Now, mind you, this was 1994, 95. 1995. And I'd go up on stage. And Jeff hits play, and it's the karaoke version, if I could turn back time. So I, I usually would come off on the stage off to the side. Well, I came from the back bar. There's a patio bar, and there's a door that comes up that goes to the back of the, the curtain of the OR stage at the comedy store. So I would hide behind there when it was my set. I would go through the bar and say that, and I had a walker with tennis balls on it. And <laughs> I'd put the wig on, <laughs> and Jeff would play the music, and you hear, dun 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 dun, dun. And I would come through the curtain and with the tongue and the whole hair, thing, yeah. and I would be walking slow with the walker. The crowd just falls out at this point. They're screaming. Right. I get to the mic. I sing the first verse. You know, if I could turn back time, if I could find the way. And I said, I don't know why I did the things I did, and I can't remember half the things I said. And then she <laughs> falls asleep on the mic and just starts snoring. The crowd's going ape shit at this point. Huh? That was my first joke I ever wrote.
0: That's hilarious. That is quite an entrance. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, it was. I'm like, I need to save that for the end.
0: <laughs> Christy, we're going to play uh, Ask Me No Questions with you in just a bit, but you have so much stuff Ooh. that you're doing that I want to get your plugs in now. You have two uh, podcasts, at least two podcasts. Yes. Uh, the first yes. is called Christy Unleashed, and that's with JC Best on Wednesdays at 9 on uh, Governor's Radio. Yes. Is that Governor's that, Comedy uh, Club Radio?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is.
0: And then you also uh, do a podcast with uh, Gina Savage, who I know very well, called Lunch Money. And that one's on Facebook and YouTube.
1: Yes, on Mondays at noon.
0: Uh, And these all, you know, you can watch these after the fact, right? You don't have to listen to them, watch them live.
1: No, you don't have to. You don't have to, because they're archived. Like uh, Governor's Radio, they archive it on their channel, but I also upload my copy of it like Like, the next day, I'll upload it and put the tags and what the show was about and do the description on my YouTube channel, which is Christy Miller Comedy. Um,
0: And how can people follow you on Twitter and Insta?
1: Oh, um, on Twitter, I am at Bitchy Flambora. That's B-I-T-C-H-I-E, because I'm a lady. And uh, Flambora. And on uh, Instagram, I am at Christy Miller Official.
0: Perfect. All right. With that, we will go into ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. What is the most sensitive part of your body?
1: Oh, God. Girl. I don't know. (laughs) I would say my size. Like, you know, when you tickle somebody.
0: Oh, more than your clitoris.
1: Oh, honey, she's dead.
0: From overuse, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> I, I wish. She's just dead. Like, she just gave up on life. I, lived, I was born in San Francisco. We used to call it Sam and Frank's Disco, because I couldn't have got raped if I begged. Then I moved to down south to West Hollywood, on the corner of Suck My Cock and Finger My Rim Hole, south of Aceline Alley. Now I live in Hell's Kitchen, you know, which I call it Martha Stewart's Kitchen, because I ain't a straight man or a kitchen to be around. That's
0: that. right, honey. So it sounds like you're not getting any dick.
1: <laughs> no.
0: That's sad, no. because you're built for it,
1: yeah I, oh yeah, Chrissy, my
0: <laughs> well describe the worst hookup you ever had
1: oh, God, that's a lot <laughs> worst hookup I ever had would probably be uh God, there's a lot of them let me see, let me see what was I good uh uh I was uh, an instructor from an organization that I'm certified through for one of my powerlifting things. uh, And I were talking and hooking up. So when he was in town teaching, we spent the weekend together because he was teaching all weekend here. Um, Tried to have sex with him, but it was like, you know, men that are like over 50, their dicks kind of protrude back in like an innie, like a belly button. Because they've given up on life. (laughs) And they know that just it's over for them. And, you know, just kind of protrudes back and just cowers and it just (laughs) and just dies. Well, I tried to, you know, we tried. And I'm like, honey, you're circling the runway land the plane. You know, this is bad. He couldn't get it in. No, he he couldn't. Yeah, because he couldn't reach. He couldn't. He was lying on. I was sitting on. Was it a small dick or was
0: it just that it wasn't hard? Both. Both. Oh dear!
1: And I just got up and said, "All right, fuck this. We're not doing anything."
0: That's sad. Now you mentioned <laughs> po- you mentioned powerlifting. You are a powerlifter. At your most fit, how much could you bench press? Uh, one eighty-five. <sighs> that's like that's more than I weigh. You could yeah, bench press yeah. one of me.
1: Well, how do you think I get my dates? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's incredible. How, well, how much can you pr- can you uh, bench right now?
1: Uh, Right now, I'm about, for a single, I'm I'm probably around 160, 165, because I just started, you know, we had six months off from lifting. So I'm just slowly building myself back up again. So I'm probably, just with my last workout, I'm guesstimating it to be about 160, 165. So I'm about 20, 25 pounds away from my original one rep max before the pandemic.
0: That's incredible. I think at my most fit, I could maybe bench 100 pounds, like, you know, 250-pound plates. Um, okay, Christy, what's a lie that you tell all the time?
1: Um, <laughs> oh, what's a lie that I tell all the time? I'm five minutes away.
2: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Are you one of those chronically late people?
1: Yes. That's how I work so well in Mooney's rooms because I was always
0: late, yo. <laughs> Ryan, why did you say, "Oh my God"? Is because that-
2: I, I always <laughs> say seven. I'm seven minutes away because it's the perfect. It's between five and ten. So if you're actually yeah. ten minutes late, then well, if you say you're seven, then it's it's better than the the five.
0: Can I say, as someone Ryan. who's always on time and hate waiting for people, don't lie. Tell me the truth. I'd rather you said to me, "I'm a half hour away," mm-hmm. and I've then show up in early. thirty minutes. If you tell me you're five minutes away and then you show up a half hour later, I'm going to fucking kill you. Um, Christy, what's been the most exciting night of your life so far?
1: Uh, during the pandemic or pre-pandemic?
0: Pre-pandemic of all time. Uh,
1: probably the most exciting night was getting back to work with Dice and we got to Boston for the first show. Mm. That was exciting, and I got and I annihilated that theater. And he stood there off the side of the stage with his jaw on the ground because he hadn't seen me perform in like fourteen years.
0: How big was the venue? How many seats?
1: Uh, it was fifteen hundred.
0: Ooh, it's so fun! I would love that. Uh huh. And finally, Chrissy, uh, I, I have a feeling that of all of our guests, you'll do this better than the others. Uh, give us your best fake orgasm.
1: Uh. I'm
0: done. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a man. She squirts and she's done.
1: <laughs> Is my Uber here yet? Excuse yes. me. Christy
0: Miller, you are a delight. Thank you so much for talking to us. I, I love you and miss uh, you, and I, I love did. when we run into each other on the street.
1: I know. I love and miss you, too, and I hope I run into you again. We have to have lunch or coffee or a dish about yes. people or something. Yes. And- Bye-bye, honey. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, baby.
0: Ryan and JB, plug yourselves.
2: At Ryan Frosting on Instagram and Twitter.
3: At Sucking Anarchy 12 on Instagram.
0: Thank you so much. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with actor and former Queer Eye guy, Jay Rodriguez, (gasps) is going to be our guest. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta, at adamsank. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye.